0: everyone you're listening to time for your hobby and this is episode 66 we shall wait for the bakes i'm your host alex and today i have the honor to have awa as my guest on the show how you doing today
1: i'm good how are you
0: i'm doing good i'm sorry that you came here through the garage sale it was hard for you to find parking and people are probably thinking alex it's like the middle of november or december whenever this is released because i record ahead of schedule but there's a garage sale happening right now in september and it was kind of hard for her to find parking
1: but it wasn't the worst because luckily I know a place to park, so I was able to find parking eventually.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you here now. The weather is good, so uh, we should probably be in a good mood, right? Yes, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today we're gonna to talk about Awa's hobby, but before we do that, I'm sure we wanna learn more about the amazing person in front of me. So who is Awa?
1: Well, I am 28, and uh, I've lived in different places throughout my life, but Ottawa is now home. Um, and I work as a content strategist. So when I am not doing my hobby, I am writing and uh, thinking of, of creative ways to help brands uh, market themselves.
0: Well, that's perfect. And uh, before we dive too far deep again, do you have any social media links or websites that you would like to share?
1: Well, I am on Instagram. Um, I do have my main page, but I've started a page for my hobby recently, and um, yeah, I've been trying to keep up with it. It's a little bit harder because I'm managing that and doing other life stuff. But it is Awasomelyum. <laughs> so it's a play on words with my name. Um, so it's, that's A-W-A-S-O-M-E-L-Y-Y-U-M.
0: Perfect. And I'm I'm so happy you have a personal page for your hobby, which fits in perfectly with this. So I'm going to throw that in the description below so people can go check that out while listening to this episode and be like, oh, cool, I'm getting hungry. Actually, I didn't even reveal what the hobby is yet. So yes, let's jump right into that. <laughs> did you
1: see how I was doing the whole like, I have a hobby, but I'm not saying it yet. <laughs> yeah. Let Alex do that.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, it's been already a while. So let me just present it right now. All right. I was hobby is baking. There, now we can say the magical word baking. Baking. <laughs> the magical B word. Yes. <laughs> so how did you get introduced to baking?
1: Oh, man. um, My mom used to bake cakes. Like That was her thing. More like the coffee cakes and all of that. And I remember being maybe around like four or five and helping out with the mixing and all of that and I think that's kind of when I started liking the process but I didn't really get into baking in the way that I do it now until I was a bit older and started to like try all the different baked goods from different pastry shops and bakeries and I was like hey I could try making that at home too and I think that challenge is what kind of drove me to do what I'm doing right now so it's trying something and being like I could replicate it or I could do it better.
0: Was there like one specific food that started it all for you like you tasted a really good cake and you're like wow I want to learn how to make this exact cake.
1: Yeah it was actually flan slash creme brulee like those kind of desserts were like my vice and so I needed to know how to make that and my mom made like an amazing one and I just started like doing it like trying to like replicate that and eventually I started making them all by myself.
0: And does your mom have a recipe book that she made personally that you use? I wish.
1: (laughs) It's all in her head. It's all without measurements, like, you know, the African mom style. And um, I've started to do the same thing. Honestly, I would I still follow recipes, but I will kind of um, pull from like, you know, my head and my imagination and just like throw the ingredients in there. Um, So unfortunately, she doesn't. But maybe I'll get her to do it. I think it's going to be helpful down the line. And who knows, one day I'll publish a cookbook with her recipes in there, right?
0: That's cool. If you publish a book, I'd be like, hey, I interviewed Awa before she published her book. Yes. And I will come back and talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's, you're a lot of like the guesstimation, like cook a uh, baking. And I'm the same way where she's like, yeah, that looks like about right. right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do think, All right. Let's just add some more uh, stuff in there. And then it's just like a counterbalance. And, but it's the fun of it. Just trying out new right. things.
1: Yeah. And I find that it's uh, one of those things where I know a lot of bakers are very, they love the pers- like being precise and being able to weigh things and like exactly a cup and like scoop it with a knife up top to make sure the cup is leveled. And I'm, I do that. It depends on the recipe. If you're making something like macarons, you have to have that like precision, but I don't think it's always necessary. I think the beauty of it all is to freestyle sometimes. And I know baking isn't, is a science. It's not an exact science. You know, you can just play around with it, have fun. Don't stress yourself out.
0: Now, this is a really, really weird question, but do you prefer using millimetres or you prefer using teaspoons and cups?
1: Teaspoons and cups all the way. I have this little baking um, guide, I guess I can call it, where it converts everything from ounces to milliliters to cups and always the cups and the teaspoons. It's a lot easier for you, but can you do both? Um. Not exactly. <laughs> I mean, having done it for a while, I'm starting to know that, hey, like eight ounces is about 225 grams and things like that. But um, I still have to look it up.
0: And for you, what would you say is the best part about baking on a personal and emotional level?
1: Oh, man. So I love the process of bringing everything together, like that beginning stages, because it's really hard to screw it up right then. <laughs> the The part where it's in the oven or where you're steaming things and whatnot, that takes You know, that's stressful because you're like, is it going to turn out? And when it turns out, that's when I'm like, oh, yes. So I think that would be like the best part is like having it ready, ready to decorate or serve and seeing everybody enjoy it. I think that's the most like exciting part of it all.
0: And do you have like, uh, I don't know how to say this, but preferred things you like to bake, like the ones that you're like, these are the ones that I'm the best at baking.
1: I would say cupcakes are my go to. I haven't done them in a while, in about a year or so, and I finally did them again two days ago. And uh, I really, I don't know why I stopped doing them. I think I wanted to try other things and kind of took a break from them, but cupcakes are my thing. And it's, I kind of mastered the base recipes for the different flavors. So now I can kind of just throw something together in you know, a short amount of time and you can have fun with the way you decorate it, with the different flavors. It's easy to combine, you know, a base cake recipe with like whatever frosting you want to do. So, yeah.
0: And of course I have to ask, what is your favorite cupcake? like flavor. Oh,
1: that's a tough one. Okay. So I'm a vanilla girl. Um, and I know for a lot of people that sounds boring AF, but I love a good vanilla cupcake, just maybe with some vanilla bean there in the mix and like a really solid vanilla icing. I said vanilla one too many times, but can you tell I really love vanilla?
0: It's good. I love it too. (laughs)
1: But, um, yeah, I think if you, it's really, sometimes it's hard to find one that tastes the way that it should, so having a really nice like vanilla bean from somewhere like Costa Rica and like putting that into the mix just elevates a cupcake and it's it's hard to beat.
0: So I know you pretty well. You're a very energetic, very positive, very happy person. Mm-hmm. Do you tend to like dance while you're baking or listen to music? In or- fact,
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to have music playing in the background unless I'm doing something that requires radio silence. So baking is no exception. I always have Um, I don't have a specific playlist that goes on, but I do just like to throw my Spotify on Um, put my speaker on and just like move around and just enjoy myself and and there are tasks that require me to be more like focused on what I'm doing on the task at hand but for the most part music is always on I'm singing along with it I'm dancing and yeah sometimes I have to go back and be like oh crap did I actually get the recipe right because I got lost in singing Lizzo but hey (laughs) (laughs) just
0: full into it like yeah yeah, throwing the powder and everything from across the room like yeah dancing
1: <laughs> yeah. And then have to clean it all up again. But yeah. Speaking
0: of which, do you make a big mess in your kitchen or are you pretty good at keeping everything tidy?
1: I'm actually really good at keeping it tidy. Um, I think that's one thing that you absolutely need to do to kind of keep yourself sane throughout the whole process. Because it baking is you need to use so many bowls and so many cups and spoons. And if you don't clean up as you go, you're going to be done By the end of it, you're going to be so tired and you're going to hate yourself for not having to clean up after yourself. And the last thing I want is to, like, create something delicious and not be able to, like, enjoy it right after with everybody else rather than being in the kitchen and, like, cleaning up and all of that.
0: Speaking about your tools, your equipment, your weapons, uh, what are your preferred tools you like to use?
1: My favorite thing to use in the kitchen is my KitchenAid stand mixer. It is, it was a gift and I, it it just changed my life. I've always wanted it. I could have gotten it myself, but decided, to, you know, every time I come get around to nearly doing it, it's one of those things where it's like, but do I absolutely need it? You know, I have like, I had my other mixers and I had like all these other equipment that I can use. And then I finally got it for my birthday a few years ago. And I'm like, wow, this is what everybody's been talking about. Like it changes your life. And um, I don't use it for everything because some recipes are more delicate and needs to be folded by hand. But that is definitely my go-to. For most recipes, that's where it starts.
0: And is there some sort of machine that doesn't exist yet, but you think that would be so helpful to have in the kitchen while you're baking?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know yet. I don't I don't think I've ever thought about that, but now I will. <laughs> you're like,
0: maybe, like just yeah. a one-button beep and just yeah. have everything done.
1: I mean, it'd be nice to kind of have something that cools the baking goods faster, especially when you're home baking. Because when you watch a lot of culinary shows, um, and especially a lot of those Netflix competitions, you tend to see people put their goodies in the blast freezers, what they call it. And um, they're able to kind of cool, speed up the cooling process so they can go ahead and decorate because they're, you know, there's a time crunch there. And I think at home, you can do the same by putting it in the fridge or freezer, but it's not a natural cooling process, right? It's, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be ruining something somewhere, I figure at some point. So I think having something that speeds up the process, like maybe some sort of mini fan, but that does more than just like blow the food. um, I think that would be helpful. There. Just to, like, leave it on the counter and just have it, like, cool a bit faster so you can, like, get to the icing part and all of that.
0: There you go. You just thought of a machine that you wanted, and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know that would be an idea. Like, somebody think of it. Somebody make this, like, a portable, like, just a homemade version of a Cool Blaster,
1: you said? Yeah, Blast Feasor, I think that's what they call it. Maybe yeah. Cool Blast. Maybe that's what we'll <laughs> name this one.
0: <laughs> Patent pending. If you guys are making this machine, you know, you got to throw in some credits for uh, Al and I. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Now, do you take baking classes or do you like to learn uh, just by going online or reading books? Or Where do you go to you learn new recipes?
1: Well, right now, online is definitely my go-to, but I also talk to people a lot. I have a lot of friends and coworkers and family members that also love to bake. And I think just having discussions with them and being like, I did this last week and it turned out like this and that. And then they are saying, well, maybe you need to do this next time or you need to like take this out or add that. And I think having that conversation about our successes and failures when it comes to baking helps me figure out where I can improve Um, And then online is there's it's such a resource like being on the Internet with the different forums and blogs. And um, I appreciate when bloggers and like, you know, just home chefs are able to kind of share their failures. It's not just always because you go to some blogs and it's just perfect baked goods every time. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm sure you failed a couple of times before you mastered that recipe. And I would like to see that side of it because it helps others improve. And just knowing that I tried that macaron recipe (laughs) 10 times before getting it right, these are the steps that helped me um, master it that I find really helpful. And I think that's what the internet is good for, um, showing that kind of vulnerable side of like baking. Cause it's easy to be like, I make great baked goods and this is how they turn out every time, but that's not true.
0: It's kind of like, a, I woke up like this. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Right. So I think ha- those forums, Reddit is another place with all the different threads and like, people talk about um, their experiences with baking. Um, Instagram, even though it's not as extensive, you're able to write a big caption, explain like your process sometimes. And I think all of that helps me. Um, I wish I was more into cookbooks, but I find them a lot more harder now to kind of like flip a page while doing something. So I do appreciate a really good one. Um, one of my favorites is actually, um, a book that I got as a gift again. Um, and it's Bubbet and Bell. They have a bakery, um, in Toronto and I love how they, they are the layout of the recipes, how they explain it and the taste. So I've been kind of going through that and seeing where I can create something similar as well and kind of put my own flavor to it. So yeah. That's
0: that's cool. I love how like you take the recipe and you try to twist it to make it. I, w- I wouldn't say appealing, but like you want to put your creativity into it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I find that it's um it's one of those things where it's almost like writing, which I do a lot of, right? And it's there are you can be creative with it. There aren't exactly original ideas anymore in a way, right? When it comes to writing and music, sometimes like it can sound original. It can end up being that way, but you need to usually draw inspiration from something that already exists, right? And then layer, add a layer to that or how many of layers you want. And I find it's the same thing with baking. I find myself getting a recipe from somewhere or getting that inspiration and saying, how can I put like the our assembly touch to it? And then um, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. If And it doesn't, sometimes it fails. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, well, I tried. Um, and other times it turns out really well. And I just have to now learn to kind of put all of those, like my additions to that recipe together and put it down somewhere. I'm really bad (laughs) for keeping track of what changes I make because I do them on the fly. And sometimes when it's done, someone's like, can I have the recipe? I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. I love to (laughs) share my recipes, um, you know, but I honestly don't remember exactly what I did. So let me go back and, you know, figure out what I added or what I took out and get back to you on that. So... Yeah.
0: Do you have a secret ingredient that you like to use in most of your recipes, like the hour touch? You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, I don't know if it's a secret, but... Um, well, if you can't reveal don't reveal
0: it if it's like a secret. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's well, it's And that's exactly it's just what I'm saying. It's, I don't think it's a secret, um, but I love to use orange blossom water in um, a lot of my baked goods. And I think it just adds a l- extra that extra dimension a flavor to it. And it's really good for cupcakes and even just putting in a little bit of some pie or if you're making some sort of crème brûlée, flan, panna cotta, all of that, um, having just that little something different. You know, when you eat something and you're like, this sounds like, like, this feels and tastes familiar, but there's something to it that's just like different. That's what I find orange blossom water adds to things. And it's all thanks to my mom Um, She loves using it in a lot of things too. And uh, so I started kind of trying, experimenting with it. And so, yeah, that's one of the ingredients I like putting into things.
0: So it sounds like you make your bakes to make it so people are trying to guess the flavor as they're going through. Like just
1: yeah, to a certain degree. Um, I like playing around with the unusual things. I, I mean, the cupcakes I was just talking about earlier, um, it was a um I went apple picking. And so I we had like I had so many apples and didn't know what to do with them. So I started coming up with different recipes and one of them an easy one instead of doing pumpkin spice, which is really popular this time of year. I decided to do apple spice and, you know, it's, it's the similar concept with different, you know, a different fruit and, um, also just similar spices, but just having people being like, oh, this is almost like pumpkin spice, but it's not. And then topping it up with cookie butter, cream cheese, right? Like cookie butter is something that people love. Like it it was trending for so long and suddenly it's, it's a, it's bit, it's a bit quieter around that ingredient now. And I figured let's bring it back let's, let's see how we can bring it back. So cream cheese goes really well with all of these like fall things, right? Like pumpkin spice and stuff. So I'm like, let's, let's put it all together. Let's see pe- what people think, like, you know, if while they're eating it, what can they pick up? Like, what are the notes in there? So that's kind of like, that's how I like to do it.
0: No, baking is a lot like fashion in the sense where some trends come and go. Is there any trends that are coming back when it comes to baking?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, right now there's a lot of, um, the unusual things that people don't really go to like lavender. And, um, when it comes to like decorating, it's all about like the more, um, the geode kind of style of cakes, right? Ombre is really big right now. And I think it's the unicorn, Um, (laughs) the unicorns are everywhere, Um, (laughs) whether it's cakes and cupcakes and even macarons. And it's all the idea of like the fun adding color, like rainbows, right? So I think that those are the trends right now, I would say. And um, I'm sure there's going to be, they're going to be around for a while because they've they've been slowly creeping into our lives over the last uh, few years. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Well, I'm excited to try them. I won't, I have a horrible tongue. I, I'm very, very plain, but I love food. So hopefully I can develop a sense of taste one day. <laughs> but to flip gears, uh, out of 10 times, how many times would you fail? I'm sorry if that sounds like an offensive question. No,
1: not at all. It's a good question. I, I think it's grown up thing to admit your failures, right? To be like, yeah, I fail. And I do out of 10, maybe two to three times. and it, And I find that sometimes what it is, it's it's subjective. Personally, I, I am like, yeah, that was a failure. But my family's like, oh, that tasted so good. But I'm like, no, it's missing this, or I should have done it this way. Or I wish it was like it, you know, I wish the cupcakes were a little bit like not as flat as they are. So there are things that I consider um, a fail that others might not necessarily um, think it is. And I think admitting that to myself helps me improve. So the next time I do it, I'll I'll recognize okay this word went wrong here's how i can fix it so yeah maybe two to three times out of ten
0: i feel, I feel your pain where I like when it comes to editing same with baking right you overanalyze you look for the smallest details and you think oh this is gonna the person's gonna only focus on that but in reality they're just f- focusing on the whole like, oh this is really good like, right really you didn't notice <laughs> this part that i really messed up right here it's like no, no. <laughs> you're you're
1: right. And I think what it is is having like I said I watch a lot of the cooking shows, right? And all those baking shows on on Netflix and so on. And I find that the way the judges kind of judge the the product, the end product, they're looking for those tiny things that other people don't look for. So when I watch these things, I'm learning, right? I'm okay. Ba- this they made this cake, and everybody, anybody else, if you took it to a birthday party or a wedding, people would love it because it's delicious, right? But there's something about it that somebody who really understands baking and food um, will kind of pick out, right? So what are those things? Whether it's texture, maybe it's just the amount of sugar in it right so there's all those things that i think professionals will pick out and that's when i watch these things i'm like okay when i do mine this is what i this is what i will avoid so yeah so i'm a i'm my own like harshest critic
0: i'll be there for you we'll be there for each other we'll we'll support each other you'll say oh your podcast is great i'll be like oh your baking is great thank you you're lying lying." (laughs) (laughs) and uh has it ever happened to you that you thought you messed up a recipe, but it ended up turning out great.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. 100%. Um, I can't exactly think of what recipe, but it's happened a number of times where deep down I'm like, this is not what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to turn out to be something else. I'm trying to think of what I did recently. Um, I think it might've been like a bread pudding of sorts, which should be easy in theory, but it's really, you know, you can mess it up like easily. It's, it, it can be too wet. It could be too dry. Um, so I was trying to cre- create a bread pudding and it ended up being slightly overbaked and turned out to be more of like a bread cake, you know? That's cool. <laughs> and like, and yeah, and, yeah, and topping it with, with whipped cream or it was, I think it was like some kind of um, topping. Can't remember what exactly what I did, but people enjoyed it. And it was like, oh, what is this? I'm like, it's supposed to be bread pudding. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was like, well, it's more like bread cake now. So yeah,
0: you're like, this was the reality, but it ended up like this. I wanted originally that, right,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but people enjoyed it. Uh, and by people, it was my family <laughs> mostly. But yeah, they ha- they loved it, and um, I will try and make it again, and hopefully this time it'll be actual bread pudding.
0: Speaking about family and other people, do you prefer to bake alone or with company?
1: Oh, solo. I don't mind if somebody wants me to show them a recipe or if I have friends over or go to their place and we have some baking nights and all of that. That's fun. I don't mind doing that. We kind of pick a recipe beforehand and we get all the ingredients and, you know, get together and gossip and bake while we do it. But generally when I'm trying to like, whether test out a recipe or recreate one and try to like, You know, um, be good at it. I like to do it solo. Just me and my music.
0: So if your mom came up to you and said, hey, I I would like to bake with you, would you say yes or would you say
1: no, I'm good? Generally, I would say yes. Um, It really depends on what it is. But (laughs) bless her soul. But my mom (laughs) loves to be like, let's bake something together. But it's really more like, will you bake something for me while I (laughs) somewhat assist you? That's really what it is. So, and and she, I mean, she's an active woman. Like she loves to be in the kitchen. She loves to cook. She loves to bake. When she's, you know, the things that she's good at, she'll just go ahead and do it herself. But when it comes to things that she likes a little help with, it ends up being me being like, okay, I'm just going to take this over right now. And I'm just going to do it. Whether that's me being, (laughs) I don't know if it's my fault and just being like, I'm just gonna take all of this and like go ahead and do it. Or if it's more her being like, yeah, this is what I wanted. You can go ahead and like create this for me. So we haven't figured out whose fault is it just yet. Maybe it's a 50-50 thing. But um, yeah, for the most part, I don't mind doing it because we don't do it often and we don't do it enough. And it's kind of, sometimes it's nice quality time.
0: And do you test your own bakes or do you have somebody else test it for you?
1: (laughs) Ha ha, (laughs) so I do, I test my own sometimes. It depends on what you're creating, because I find it if you're creating, if you're making a f- whole cake, it's really hard to just like cut a piece and, you know, and try it. So I'd have to like wait. I'll If I know that I'm going to be making a cake for a birthday or something, I'll recreate some version of it, whether it may be in a cupcake format so that we can test it at home or whatnot. And then um, see if I need to adjust things before creating the actual like one that I'm going to be taking to places but um, for the most part, I just tend to try it because I'm by myself and nobody else is around. So I'll just do it. And then when it's ready, then I'll be like, okay, test one. If it's good, then we can take it out of the house and, you know, <laughs> go public with it.
0: <laughs> all right, so, okay. Then I like that like trial and like, all right, you're, you're the, the prop, you're the test and, exactly. then, and then you're the real one,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: I like that. And does other people's opinions have an impact on your baking?
1: I would say at sometimes um, it's one of those things where you can't take things to heart when it comes to I think that applies for a lot of hobby. Right. It's it's what you do. It's what you love to do. And people's opinions can help you improve on it but there's a lot of times where your taste is just not the same as someone else's, right? And he, they may not enjoy something you created, you enjoy it, maybe other people around you do um like it as well, but you're always going to have someone be like, well, you know, that was okay. And you can't you can't take it to heart, you know, just bringing in the writing again, it's the same thing. You always have to be open to constructive criticism. And even non-constructive criticism, right? Someone's going to be like, well, that's trash. And you just have to take it and be like, okay, you know, maybe next time the thing I make will be something you enjoy. So...
0: It, especially for bake, it's very subjective. It yeah. has Everybody has different taste buds, so I can imagine you're. We're not going to please everybody, and that's understandable. And that's a mindset you would have to go into when you first start baking and sharing it with people, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's. Um. I find that sometimes I like these, you know, wilder flavors like elderflower and Earl Grey, and not everybody's into those things, right? And some somebody might try it and just be okay. Well, I tried it. It was not my thing, and I shouldn't be hurt by that. Right. Maybe I should just be like, OK, well, let me make something that you like next time and kind of. And I, f- I do that a lot where it's like, OK, but what fr- what flavors do you like? You know, what kind of creative thing would you eat and take that back and maybe create something?
0: I, I like gold flakes, a lot of gold flakes. <laughs> Forget anything
1: else, just gold. Can, gold. You, can you make me gold? <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to go back and find something to, <laughs> to create with lots of gold flakes. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is a,
0: that's definitely a challenge. So on that note, what was your biggest challenge when you first started baking?
1: I think presentation. And I it's I know it sounds silly, but a lot of times with with food in general, but especially baking, you it needs to look a certain way. You need to present it a certain way because the eyes eat first. And a lot of times and it's it's funny that I'm going to say this, but I don't eat a lot of baked goods. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I love looking at them. I like just, you know, walking into a shop and being like, damn, that looks good. And <laughs> damn, I want to eat that. But the excitement eventually dies down. Like I'll grab, I'll, you know, I'll say grab the creme brulee and um it's delicious and I love it. But it's like the most exciting part of the whole experience was seeing it all there, right? On display and the way it looks and the skill that goes into uh, the presentation, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like I'm by no means an artist. Um, I'm still working on my frosting skills and icing, but just being able to just create something that people want to eat even b- with before realizing what it is, right? Um and I think so for I think that's for me one of the things I had a hard time with when I first started baking because I would just create a cupcake and like, use a butter knife and just <laughs> spread the icing on top of it, like box cake style, right? Um, and then over time, I realized, hey, if you make, if you put a little bit more effort into making this look appealing, um, more people will eat it even before they realize what's in it.
0: If you were to ask my wife, she would say, I'm a very simplistic eater. If it's food, I'll eat it. I, <laughs> even if it looks horrible, I'm like, oh, that's food. Cool. I'll eat it. Right. So if you were to give me like the, your test dummy bakes that don't look good, I'll eat it and be like oh my god this is amazing. <laughs> for me, presentation doesn't mean anything because right. at the end of the day, you could if for you know, like it could be the most beautiful thing, but it doesn't taste as good. But I'm your baking, I would imagine, tastes amazing because you put a lot of personality into it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I would like to think so. Um I've been told so, so hopefully that's the truth. Um, but yeah, I think it's, and that's not always the case. Sometimes, like food, I cook a lot as well, and um, sometimes I don't care what it looks like. It's it's delicious, and sometimes the messiest things, um, the messiest looking things, taste the best. Um, it was on the chef show the other day with John Favreau. That's what Chef Roy was talking about, where he's like, "I'm I don't care about making my food look looking good. I just care that it tastes like on point," and I think that's important to a certain degree but baking is all about the eyes first
0: all right so i gotta train my eyes to appreciate you do. the beauty
1: yeah maybe i'll start sending you like pictures every day and be <laughs> like this is your training skill for the day
0: yeah it's <laughs> like find a different spot. yeah it's a skills <laughs> test do it <laughs> all right I, i'm ready for that i'm ready of course so is do you have different challenges today or they're still relatively similar
1: A little similar. I find that I'm still focused on the way I want things to look. But I think for me now, the challenge is taking things a step further in terms of like skill um, and not just decorating skills, but actual like creativity and creating something out of the box or maybe just even recreating some of the difficult French um, desserts. Right. Um, I recently made eclairs and I did them before and this time when I did them, I'm like, okay, I now have to focus on like my piping when I, you know, on on the tray and um, just how I really wanted to, like, I wanted to be as close to that bakery look as possible kind of thing instead of just being like, well, and that's fine if it's not because you're doing it at home. You don't have all the tools, the, the equipment, or even the years of experience that all these other bakeries do. But Right now, that's I'm at that stage where it's I want to recreate all of these amazing things that you know your make your eyes pop when you see them, but not just f- because of the look, but taste, right, and that quality. So the challenge is still you know a little bit presentation, a little bit um, process.
0: And what was your biggest accomplishment?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a tough one, but I think there were a few. I remember one of the ones that stick out the most is acing the macaron. I have attempted them a couple of times, um, not nearly as many as a lot of people on the internet. Um, A lot of forums I was on, some people have done so many batches before getting them right. But I think being on those forums helped me do it in less, uh, you know, less steps. But I remember one of the first times I created them, the taste was there, but they turned out to look like whoopie pies, (laughs) you know? So I was like, well, let's just not call these macros.
0: (laughs) We'll call them whoopie pies. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then um, did them again and, you know, some shells crack. There was no feet. Um, I'm not sure if you know what the feet is, but it's that bubbly part that comes out at the bottom of the macarons, like, you know, the part Mm, that looks all, yeah, yeah, perforated. So that's what they call the feet. And um, to get that, you have to let the macarons sit out uh, after you pipe them for a number of um, minutes or actually any 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the the room temperature, right? And the conditions of the weather outside. So I like making macarons in the winter because it dries the top faster and then the feet will kind of come up. Summer is a bit too humid, so it takes a bit longer. So these are all things that I figured out. And in due time, I was able to like get the batch right. And now it's one of those things where it's almost like I can do it in my sleep, right? Go in and just like, okay, we're going to... And it's it the it doesn't use that many ingredients. Macaron shells all taste the same. It's the, it's the filling, right? So once you master that, that's all you need. If you, if you know how to do the shells right, you're you're set. So that was one of my like, big accomplishments where I'm like, damn, I got this now. And I can see why there is so much hype and why they're expensive when you get them at the store because there's a lot of like effort and skill that goes into it despite only using about like four ingredients maybe. So um, yeah, that's one of the, I think that would be like the biggest one.
0: That's cool. I, I love how, you, I have a feeling that you have it stuck in your head, that you have it vividly in your head the moment you accomplish it like, yes. Yeah,
1: it's like I did it. And it's it's just, you see it because you, you don't want to turn the, I worry sometimes about turning the oven light on because it might add extra additional heat. So I just like like sit on the kitchen floor.
0: With your vision goggles? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I turn off the kitchen, (laughs) I turn off the main light because it does help to um, just have a little bit of that like light coming from the oven (laughs) and just like watch the (laughs) macarons and then seeing that like they're rising and the fee is there. It's just, yeah, it's one of those moments where you're like, I did that.
0: Like a pat on your back. I love that. Exactly, yeah. And this is an odd question, but do you have different things you like to bake throughout the year? So let's say fall, you like to bake something with pumpkin or mm-hmm. winter you said macarons or summer spring
1: yeah so fall is especially closer to, as thanksgiving is coming uh being around the corner now i like to kind of experiment with those like flavors and like what can i serve with like thanksgiving dinner so a lot of the bun cakes and you know and pies i do them throughout the year like you know, stagger them um but yeah it's and cupcakes and things that kind of feel like fall, right? And then wintertime, especially with Christmas and the holiday season, it's all about truffles and, um, you know, the the Christmas cookies. Shortbread is one of my favorite things to make. Um, And so just creating those, I actually, believe it or not, only tried making gingerbread cookies from scratch for the first time ever last Christmas, um, they turned out amazing. Good. And I will be recreating them again. And I, for the first time, I actually created different cookies and put them in a tin and shared them with friends and family. So um, I'm going to start making that a tradition. And maybe every year I'll just do a surprise cookie, right? So have the shortbread and the gingerbread, but maybe a different flavor that they haven't tried before. So that's kind of what I like to do around the winter time, And then spring and summer, it's all about like the new season and it's like nice and bright out. So I do a lot of the lemon bars and... Um, galettes and things that kind of represent summer right i think last year i made some elderflower and lemon donuts and just you know things that people will eat and be happy and cheerful and feel like oh my god it's a brand new day and it's sunny and the weather is beautiful so yeah so it really depends on the mood too because sometimes you'll find me in the middle of summer baking something really dark like a berry cobbler does that mean you're angry? <laughs> um, maybe not angry, but maybe just want, you know, it to be cooler and like get here fall already kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Can like you tell that. I'm not a summer person?
0: <laughs> I'm there with you. I sweat profusely and this room has no good air ventilation so it's a sweat sweat lodge pretty much it's
1: not as bad though right now i think it's like i've kind of gotten used to it so which is good
0: yeah i would open up the window but then the outside sound would come out (laughs) yeah but either way either way now talking about more darker things Mm -hmm. what are some misconceptions about people who bake
1: that we eat all of our baking goods um i like to share mine I think when I made I made a batch of 24 the two batches of cupcakes so 24 and I think I ate one and it's I ate it because I wanted to test it and see what the hype is all about but I think that's one thing where a lot of the times you're when you're done you're too either you're too tired or you've smelled all of the different you know smells in the air and you're just like you already feel like you've eaten a whole batch of whatever it is that you're baking so i think that's the that's one of the biggest things where it's like oh my god like you must be eating all of that stuff and it must be really nice to be able to just do it on your own and half a time i'm like honestly no <laughs> <laughs> i'm usually like i'll take it to work like i did yesterday or i'll just let my siblings i have two brothers they're big growing boys. So they will eat anything and everything. Um, My sister, the tiniest person ever, but loves to eat. (laughs) And she'll also do the same thing. So um, sometimes I'll share with my neighbor across the street, right? So a lot of times I don't actually eat my own things. I will taste it. And it's not that I don't want to, it's just how I am. So, yeah, I think that's one of the misconceptions for sure.
0: You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're more of the type of person you're more about the journey rather than the destination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think just exactly like starting the thing and then having something in your head is very different than, you know, creating it because I have these wild things in my head like I'm going to create this and that and that and then you get started and things are going well and then suddenly somewhere there's a hiccup and you're like oh my god why did i even attempt this <laughs> and then you know and then things start to you fix things and that's a, one of the biggest things about baking is you need to be able to know how to fix things when they go wrong because a lot of times there is a solution it may not yield the results that you initially wanted, but there is some sort of solution to save it, right? So being able to fix things and then f- put it in the oven and see that result. So, yeah, a lot of times for me, it's about um, the journey, like, you know, the things I do and, you know, th- that. Accomplishment, that sense of accomplishment, and then um you know whoever it gets to, it gets to.
0: <laughs> you seem like a really driven person, and when you're baking, you're like, yes, this is my objective, this is my project, and once you mm-hmm. finish it, you're like, cool, I'm done. What's the next project? Like, exactly. what's the next thing I can do? Yeah,
1: no, 100. That's that's how I think about it. I after the cupcakes yesterday, right away, I'm like. I still have so many damn apples. <laughs> what else can I do with them? And now I'm kind of trying to think of like what the apple tree out is going to be for my um, for the next couple of days. And I think the next thing I'm going to tackle is like a skillet cobbler. So it's just, you know, apple and some spices and. Just doing it all on the skillet and then popping in the oven, some crunchy topping, maybe some homemade honey whipped cream, something like that. So I'm thinking about it, um, haven't 100% decided. But yeah, that's what I do. I'll create something, be like, great, now what's next? And then (laughs) it's, you know, if I had more time, then I would be doing them more often. But I always have to, I like thinking ahead because it allows me to kind of give myself that time to be like, on this day, I'm going to do this, right? So, yeah.
0: And do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality?
1: Oh, it's definitely an escape. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me when it comes to baking, it's I find it really therapeutic. I like to kind of be in my own world and do my own thing. And I know people who don't quite get baking or enjoy doing it think it's really stressful. And I can see why, you know you're creating something that you're not guaranteed will turn out the way you want it to. So that can be stressful for people, right? People who are results-driven. But for me, yes, I do um, you know, strive for the best result possible, but a lot of it for me is just kind of, okay, when I'm here, I don't have to think about anything else. I don't have to worry about my work duties. I don't have to worry about like drama or anything. It's just me and the kitchen and all my tools, right? So yeah, definitely an escape.
0: Well, it's exactly the same thing for me with this. Well, it's an escape, but I'm sharing with the world. So it's a, an escape with the world. I'm escaping with everybody listening. There you go.
1: And yeah, it's. I find that I, I like to uh, sometimes I'll document the step-by-step process and share it with like my close friends and be like, I've started here's Step one, here's step two. And, you know, so yes, in a way I am escaping, but I'm also bringing in, I'm bringing um, friends along this journey. But um, I think. Ultimately, it's just the escape from the usual day-to-day things, right? The usual life stuff, where it's like, oh no, I don't, ha- I don't want to socialize today, so this is where I am, right? I don't want to um, do some extra work at home today, so this is what I'm going to be doing instead.
0: No, I completely get it. It's yeah. your your time, and it's very important for your mental health to just have that time for yourself.
1: Exactly. It's just like the way people meditate or do yoga, right? So um, that's it's that's like for me, that's what baking is about.
0: And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up baking as a hobby, or even people who already are baking?
1: Um, I think just always learning, um, always be open to learning new things because you can't master baking. It's such a vast um, like thing, right? It's there's always something that you'll discover every day, and you're like, wow why didn't I think of that? Or like, Oh my God, how did they do that? So, and that's, you know, it touches on different part elements of baking, whether it's like just the creativity aspect of it and, you know, thinking of what flavors to come up with or whether it's the process. And maybe I think I came across something recently that was talking about how, when you're using a stand mixer uh, to create certain um, goodies, the, the whipping and the, that metal touch on metal um, creates extra friction and heat and might impact your end result not a lot of people think about that right and so sometimes you need to maybe step away from the mixer that you love so much and just do it by hand or find a different process i believe it was about it was bread or pizza dough because sometimes you can you can create it you can make it using the mixer right or the food processor and so these are things that you learn as the more you bake or even just at the beginning just do some research read read on things make make your cookbook your weekend reads kind of thing right and just be open to learning new things and i think that applies to a lot of hobbies right it's like the, the more you do it the more you're open to learning from other people the more you'll improve so for me that's i think that would be my biggest advice
0: i did not know that that small like impact can have i knew like small things can have an impact but the, just the metal friction can change the whole thing. That's crazy. I did yeah, not know that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then even just like um, sometimes just something as even kneading, right? You're kneading stuff and it's like you're doing it because you want that gluten to uh, form. But also like how much kneading do you need to do, right? And same thing with macarons. You Some people will say you need to fold in the egg whites into the, uh, you know, the, sorry, the almond flour into the egg whites for 75 turns. And others will say, "Oh, no, do it for a hundred turns." So but you need to be for you to understand what what why they got to that number. You need to do it yourself and you need to learn, okay, for me, this is the consistency that works. And this is how I've gotten to it. And then, but you you get to get you get to that point by kind of learning from other people and what they've done and their experiences. So, yeah, the little things makes the biggest difference.
0: And speaking about other people, how is the community in Ottawa, the baking community?
1: I'm a really bad community member. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do um I do follow a lot of food blogs and um and that kind of stuff, but I'm not too into the baking scene. I've always been kind of like behind the scenes where I like observe from afar and like do my thing on the side. So, like I said, I just started my Instagram page. And there's no really blog link to it. It's just, a, it's a place for me. It's something that holds me accountable that I'll go on and say, hey, I haven't posted here in a week. Let's create something. Let's share it with the world. So for me, it's that's kind of how I contribute to the Ottawa baking scene. Um, I don't, but I would really like to start kind of, you know, communicating more with the members and um, and people around here. Um, <laughs> confession, I am part of a Facebook group that is based in Toronto. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And um, it's one of those um, groups that's really all about sharing people, you know, people's sharing their work and sharing um, recipes worth and their experiences, successes and failures. So I think, um, I'm not aware of something like that does exist in Ottawa, but, um, if it does great, would love to join. If it doesn't, maybe I could start one. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try and be a bit better at that. Um, now that I am like kind of on the online scene for that, but overall, like when it comes to food and like baking, so just the culinary thing, Ottawa is like, it's pretty up there now. Um, there, there are a lot of passionate people who are passionate about food and um, just whether it's sharing their passion with other people um, in just a photography way where, you know, go eat out, capture a photo, let people know about it, or whether they're the ones creating it. Um, there are both, you know, both kinds of people here now. And I think that's kind of putting us on the map.
0: I like that. And you're, you're participating. You're helping out with that. I hope so. <laughs> hopefully I'm doing my part by sharing your story with the world. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about sharing, if you want, uh, what is your social media handles? I think they're called links. Uh, yes. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think handles are correct too. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the one I mentioned at the beginning—that is my um, baking page on Instagram. So that's our and we'll include that link and spell it out in the when we share this. And then uh, my main page is at hoi, so it's a t-h-i-o-y-e. Perfect. I'll put
0: that in the description below, like Awa said, and I will share all that information you guys can go learn and maybe get inspired to create something new and share your inspirations or your creations with Awa based off of her recipes and you can bounce ideas off each other. And yeah, I'm just the middleman. I've done my part. (laughs) I threw in the words and stuff like that. And speaking about being the middleman who knows nothing, do you have any questions for me about baking?
1: Have you been baking?
0: see i had so i had a friend on for baking an episode a while ago and she asked the same thing relatively the same thing and i i guess it's always good to have a second opinion right i like making crepes is crepes considered baking or cooking
1: technically it's cooking and i did have your crepes when we had that little (laughs) cottage getaway and they were delicious like i have to get that out there they were really (laughs) good um but i wouldn't really consider them baking
0: in that case i have not baked but i do have an instant pot uh, Hear me. Hold on. Hold on. Hear hear me out. Hear me out.
1: I didn't realize that's where this was going, but okay.
0: (laughs) Product placement. If Instapot wants to sponsor this episode, by all means. No, I'm just kidding. If they want
1: to send me one, (laughs) by all means.
0: (laughs) Well, I heard you can make cakes in it and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of banana bread. Okay. Like, I grew up with that. And i want to give it a try eventually but i always eat the bananas so i never have enough bananas to make (laughs) i just love bananas (laughs) so i I never get around to like oh yeah i should make a banana cake but i just never get around because i eat all the bananas but if i were to start baking i think that'd probably be the first one i try and hopefully not burn down the house okay
1: and you know what no judgment um (laughs) i still don't think it's baking because you're it's i mean it's with the instant pot like it's not the same but I'm glad that you're willing to try it. And I think that's the first step, is like encouraging anybody who really wants to try with you know, experimenting with baking to just do something. And I think that if that turns out well, hopefully it does, you'll taste it and be like, ooh, I wonder what it'll taste like when it's made in the oven. Did,
0: and- did, I, did I say Instant Pot? I mean, uh, I don't have an Instant Pot. <laughs> no, I, I have an oven. What, who, who <laughs> would get an Instant Pot? Lazy bumps, <laughs> like that bald host on time for your hobby. No. <laughs>
1: um, but no, I think that's a good first step, honestly. And um, banana bread is fairly easy. Um, it's just mixing it all in one pot.
0: I'll find a way to screw it up.
1: <laughs> I, I have faith in you.
0: At least someone does.
1: <laughs> yeah, someone has to, right? But yeah, and then, you know, maybe try it in the oven next time. You'll see.
0: Well, I guess the question to ask you is what would be a good, easy first recipe for me to try out?
1: Maybe cookies.
0: Oh, but not like the prepaid, pre made
1: cookies like the no, ones in Dough. No, like sp- no. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: told you, I'm a simple man when it comes to this stuff.
1: <laughs> it's funny that I say cookies because that is probably my weakest thing. Like when it comes to baking, shortbread, I ace, love it. Chocolate chip cookies, not so much. Um, so, and you'll see on my pages, I do not really (laughs) make it for that reason. So, but people love to say that it's one of the easiest things to do. And I mean, even as kids, right, we all made cookies with our parents and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully we all did. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe try cookies, maybe just something as simple as chocolate chip. Again, it's all a one bowl mix kind of thing. It's fun. You can play around with the shapes and the, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: The shapes are gonna be ugly if I make it, but it's and gonna that's be. that's fine. Gonna...
1: <laughs> it's that, that's it's cookies, right? Like they don't have to like look that great. Just you know, pile them up, take a picture of it, and Photoshop. Good. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, but so yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Awa, for coming on the show and letting me expose my horrible cooking habits and sharing your story and your passion for cooking or not cooking baking sorry (laughs) your passion for baking I'm so happy you came on we talked about this for a while and thank you so much again
1: yeah thanks for having me this was fun and uh, maybe when that cookbook comes out I'll be back here
0: (laughs) and if it does come out I'll put it in the description below so you guys can go check that out
1: awesome (laughs) so yes
0: if you want to learn more about Awa you can go check her out in the description below there's going to be the links to all her Instagram pages and if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all you can send me an email at time for your hobby at gmail.com and of course if you think this episode is going to be helpful for anybody if they're going through a hard time and need baking to escape from reality or just meditate and get let those smells come in and just let the happiness come through by all means pick up baking try it out you can mess up you promise you you'll be better than me just as long as you don't burn down the house it's a, it's a success in my books so uh yeah and if you like did i already say that okay probably did i said if you would like to be on my podcast you can uh, send me an email at time for your hobby at gmail.com or you can just ask questions. I know I might have already said that, but I'll say it again. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.